Ole Miss and Auburn are set to face off one final time as SEC West foes. Let's talk about it on this Friday edition of the Uptempo Podcast. You are now listening to the War Report Podcast Network. Yes, sir. What's up, Auburn family? Hope everybody's had a good week, man. Thank God it is Friday. We're ready to kick this thing off Saturday night in Jordan-Hare Stadium, man, versus the Ole Miss Rebels. I hear it's a big one, Lane Kiffin, bringing them boys into Jordan-Hare, man. I am your host, Dustin Smith, joined as always by my guy, Blake Lane. And as you can see tonight, we are joined by Ike Jones. Ike is in the building. How are you, buddy? Hey, man. I'm good, bro. I'm just trying to uh, find a way to get myself juiced up about this game. I ain't going to lie. I'm, I'm, it's, it's not a lot of juice in the system right now. Can I help you? You talked a whole lot of trash this summer, man. Called them broken, ugly, and everything else. I joined Ooh, in with I you a little bit. You kind of need them. You kind of need the boys to help you out this No, weekend. I mean, they're still broken, ugly, even if they win the game. <laughs> it is what it is. It is what it is, bro. <laughs> Just because they're broken, ugly, I wouldn't say we're broke, but we might be ugly right now, bro. I mean, we, we're, we're very ugly right now. I'm not going to lie to you, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, like, here's the thing. There's a difference between I got punched in the face and I'm ugly right now. And I was born ugly. <laughs> mm. Yeah. All you got to do is hop on my Twitter, man. And there is a whole bunch of old Miss Burner accounts trying to make the case that historically they are on par with Auburn. And I think it is a very cute argument. for them. Just go check it out. I, you know historically where I'm on, on par with Auburn in what way? You've never been in the arena. Um. No, you'd have to go check it out, man. I really, I, I'm not really understanding their arguments, to be real with you, but um, it's out there, buddy. We're a little, we're a little brother, according to a so lot. So historically, you could make an argument that Ole Miss is a top twenty program of all time, because you could make yeah. that argument for Auburn. But historically, you could make that argument for Ole Miss. Is no, that what someone's I, no. trying to tell me? No. <laughs> I mean, yeah, that's what they're trying to tell you. Yeah. Nobody here on this podcast will try to tell you that. In the history of Ole Miss and the SEC, particularly since the SEC went to divisions, you could historically say they've won a division at least one time in that entire time. Can can somebody tell me when that was? No. They had, yeah. They they tied in '98 and they, and they lost the Egg Bowl, so it went to Mississippi State. In the in the modern history of football, how many times have they been to the national championship game? Zero. Okay, so you've never been, so you don't even have a chance to actually win one. So I don't even have to ask the next question. How many Heisman Trophy winners does Ole Miss have in the history of their program? Okay. Uh, okay. I mean, uh, I mean, if you want to make the argument, then I'd welcome where, where what statistical data we're using for that argument. Cool. I mean, just tag me in one of the posts that you see. Next time you see one, just tag me in a post. I just want to read. And, yeah, and I, I got like you. Myself. I got you when we're done recording. I got cool. you. Um, also, if you were to compare the team's record versus each other all time i mean we're not i I don't even want to go into head to heads i mean we've like it's two to one in like wins to losses i don't even want to do that but i'm just saying we're just talking about the program because the program exists outside of our head to head that's fine okay 
there. Okay. This is why y'all broke and ugly. That right there, forget everything else of what's happening this season, what happened last. That's why you remain broke and ugly because you keep lying to yourself. You will never, em- until you embrace where you are. See, I've embraced that we suck this season. Mm-hmm. I am, emb- I've, emb- I, you know what? I've seen enough. LSU was enough for me to see and say, you know what? We're not very good. We're yep. not very good this year. I got it. So now my expectation level is different, and I'm out here just rooting for an upset. Maybe they come out here fired up. I'm in that space right now. But but if you're just going to keep lying to yourself, then you're just going to always be who you are, which is broken ugly. That's fine. That's cool. All right. I appreciate it. I appreciate it because that lets me know you'll never be anything. Because you yeah, keep I mean- lying to yourself. You know what Blake said earlier in the week? He wants Auburn fans to start acting like holding Auburn to a higher standard. We're Remember not who you this, are. We're not going to come on this podcast and, and claim that Auburn's you know anywhere near Alabama historically. We'll make fun of them. We'll make no. jokes at them. But like we're that's not going to. It's a silly I mean? statement to make. It's a yeah. th- th- that's it's an absolutely ludicrous thing to say that Auburn and Alabama are historically the same kind of program and not and I mean shoot in the recent history we're not the same program as the, mm-hmm. we're not the same class of program that they are. But there are tears, and the old Miss tear ain't where we are. Let's be like, I, I here's what the here. This is the real problem. This is the real problem exists in that you've been beating up on Mississippi State your whole life, and because mm. of the big brother in your state mm. historically, you feel like that makes you the big boy on the block. That's not true. You're still who you are. Yeah. And at their best, Ike, it was kind of what we just fired Gus Mouse on for, right? Close, but no cigar. I mean, it was cute. I mean, and but I mean, Gus is still Gus's record by his by itself at Auburn is still historically better than Ole Miss. He mm-hmm. at least got to the natty. He at least got there. He's got to Atlanta. Yeah. He at least won the division. Won it twice in his tenure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, look, sir. look, look, look. Here's my thing when, when they want to talk about this. And Dustin knows that I love to go off about it uh, because, you know, I've said it a million times and I'll say it again. My grandfather told me, all right, my grandfather passed away in 2004. My grandfather told me, before he died, he said, Blake, don't ever forget that this is a six-team league in the Southeastern Conference in football. It's a six-team league. You got three teams on the west, three teams on the east. You got Alabama, LSU, and Auburn, and you got Florida, Georgia, and Tennessee. If one of them six teams don't win the SEC, then you got a problem. And if you think that is false, then go back through history (laughs) and look at who has won the Southeastern Conference, okay? Because it is a six-team league. And that's it, period. You've never been in the arena. You've never played inside the Georgia Dome for an SEC championship. The only thing you got to see was the camera set up on it when they blew it down. All right? (laughs) So that's it. You ain't been to Mercedes-Benz. You ain't going this year. Whether you beat us Saturday or not, you're not. Because Alabama's going. We all know that. Or LSU. Uh, I I just – you still got to play Texas A&M and Georgia. So you're losing one, maybe both of those. I don't know yet. 
Um, I, I just don't have you going back this year. So I really do think with the Ole Miss fans, though, it is the 25 and under crowd. It's the 25 and under crowd where they've kind of been pretty good. You know, they, they've they been winning eight, nine, ten games, and that kind of crowd is the ones who, uh, who want to pipe up. But the older crowd, they know, hey, you weren't even Egg Bowl champions last year. And, I mean, so I can't even say that. You you got pot. They didn't even – what, they go on a five-game losing streak last year? Man. I, yeah, I, the I, second some, somebody's head coaching job came available, Ole Miss season's unraveled for some strange yeah. reason. Yeah, that's, It's a lot of audacity to, to make that claim. Like, whoever's making that claim, it's a lot of audacity out there. Okay. Hmm. Yeah. Because if we're yeah. just going to start claiming stuff – that oh well, if you claim this season, then they've got that. We could do some claiming too, and and our numbers still like I don't, I don't that this I, I we've actually entertained this subject way too long. <laughs> like if we're just being clear, <laughs> Eli like, Manning, Eli Manning couldn't even win the SEC West. Eli Manning, if we're being honest, we're be, we've been entertained this for too like <laughs> it is it's foolishness, and we've entertained it for too long. I don't like you. I don't. <laughs> hey, some big news today, though, and I know something else that'll fire Ike up. 2025 recruiting. Kadarius Reddick, class of 2025, six foot, 165 pound out of Thomasville, Georgia. He is a four-star DB. The first, uh, there are five commitments in the 2025 class. He's the first one outside of the trenches. We had three D linemen and then uh, Spencer Dallin, the offensive tackle that was committed as well. So uh, continuing to build, we got now five guys committed in that 2025 class. Another big recruiting weekend coming up this weekend. A ton of top targets on the board, but everybody that wanted, uh, any everybody that was anybody wanted this kid. So uh, Auburn DB continuing to add to that secondary continuing to add to that stack room so welcome to the family Kandarius. we are excited to have you and as you know though ike always says class of 25 man there's a long way to go so yeah still a long way to go on this kid's recruitment but uh you gotta you gotta have it's easier it's easier to uh have him in the boat and be the one they're trying to flip from mike than being yeah. the one that's trying to flip so i definitely would rather be in that scenario than you have nobody there and you're trying to figure out who's still available and who you want to flip like that's like you said that's a much more that's that's a bigger uphill climb so yeah for, for sure and i mean to already have five guys in there that's uh it's a big difference than what we've seen and we made this point too whenever we hired hugh freeze that the class of 24 is gonna have you're gonna have to there's a ceiling to it there's only so much he can do because it's just not the way it was 10 15 years ago when i would take off february 2nd and spend the whole day watching sec nation or or espnu and watching all these guys commit they're obviously committing they want to commit before their senior year. Mm -hmm. So to already have to start building this class, it's, it's, it's when Hugh finally has some time, you see, okay. And I believe everywhere I've seen like 24, seven had us in around the top 10 on three, everybody's got us in the seven to 11 range right now. in that 25 class. So still a long way to go, but you're building the foundations early. And um, like I said, first guy outside of the trenches here. So I like to see that. Uh, real quick, man, let's just uh, – some some big news came out today, guys, and I don't want to get too deep into it, but uh, before reports, uh, things become more clear. But Coach McGriff stepping away from duties and uh, coaching the safeties, apparently from what the reports have read, that he is still doing some stuff with the guys uh, off the field. But overall, just uh, – Ike, how do you think this can affect the game Saturday? 
Uh, I don't know that it's going to impact too much just because Zach Etheridge is still there to provide the stability. You know, he was um, a, a lot of the guys that are playing right now in that secondary. He coached that entire secondary unit last year. Uh, he has a firm understanding of what they're trying to do defensively. So I think that they'll be OK from that standpoint. Uh, I worry, I guess, more about how this impacts things long term. Uh, just because I don't know what the dynamic is going to be, because it's clear that Coach uh, McGriff is still going to be in the building helping. Um, but just that's the only thing I really worry about. But for Saturday, listen, man, this defense is is going to do what they do, in my opinion. Um, that's not the side of the ball I'm worried about. <laughs> it's not the phase of the game in which I'm most worried. So, hey, um, I know you're a big Keontae Scott guy. Do you think Keontae's going to try to give it a go Saturday night? I think that he will attempt to give it a go. Um, I don't know. You know, I haven't, you know, and, and I, I do talk to Keontae Scott periodically. You know, we have developed a, a, you know, a communicative relationship. I haven't asked him kind of where he is. Um, I know he's been back at practice. Um, and, I, you know, I, I hear they're going to be doing some shuffling around on the back end as far as like who's going to be playing where uh, if he rotates in. Um, I think it's going to be interesting to see what kind of defensive back lineups they tried out there, but I do think he's going to try to give it a go. Yeah. All right. Good deal. We, we definitely need him back, man. Uh, Blake let's get in here and talk about our keys of the game, dude. And I know that if you go back to the summer, man, if anybody digs up or not the summer back to, uh, after that Arkansas game last year, whenever Harson got let go and all the names started floating around, Dig up those old podcasts. You're going to find me and Blake talking highly of what we think of Lane Kiffin's ability to call plays and to put together an offense. And, uh, Blake, just starting with Jackson Dart, man, what do you see? I see a dude that uh, is trusting his offensive line now. Uh, he's not turning the ball over like he was last year. Uh, he's taking care of the football. Uh, he is distributing the football to his playmakers. Uh, he's making quick decisions, getting the ball out. Their offensive line isn't great. Okay, it's, they've played they've played better the last couple games against LSU and Arkansas, but they're not great. Uh, but he is uh, he is vastly improved in my opinion, Dustin. And uh, it, the accuracy uh, completion percentage is around sixty five percent. I think he's got twelve. I think he's got twelve touchdowns to two picks. Mm-hmm. Uh, that pick that pick number was a lot higher last year. All right? He was trying to fit balls in windows that uh, I think in the Pac-12 he thought he could fit them into, and then he found out in the SEC, hey, that that's not really there. All right, um, but he can also use his legs, man, and I think that's going to be uh, kind of what we faced last Saturday night. He's not as good as Jaden running, but he will break your back. Uh, with his legs. And uh, I think my biggest key is Auburn's got to put a hand in his face, man. Auburn's got to find a way to get to him uh, and, and knock him down a couple times, making, making feel that offensive line, right? Making feel that offensive line and not trust them the way he has been like against LSU and Arkansas. Yeah. I, how can we find some pressure on Jackson Dart? Uh, I mean, I think it's going to be about, and I mean, let me just talk about Jackson Dart and I'll answer the question. I think uh, uh, he, Lane Kiffin is always year two of his quarterbacks in his systems. They've always been better. Like it mm-hmm. takes them a while to kind of figure out how to operate for some reason. That first year is always kind of rocky. And then that second year, 
which is which I always found like I don't even really understand why they went to the portal in the offseason. But, you know, that's neither here nor there. But, um, yeah, I, I think that Jackson Dart has played much better this season than he did last year. But how can we get pressure on him? That's going to be difficult because they like to get the ball out quickly. Like, I don't know that this is going to be one of those games where you can be frustrated with the pass rush. I don't know if he's going to hold the ball long enough for that to be a thing. And I think that what we need to try to attempt to do is have a, um, a run defense mentality along the defensive line. Cause what we've been doing on passing downs, and I'll tell you why I say a run defense mentality. When you look at the way Marcus Harris, uh, Justin Rogers, um, just any of those guys along the front play against the run, they're thinking, okay, let me push and penetrate, right? But when they get into the pass scenarios, they're thinking contain, and they're not thinking attack for the most part. And I think that we need to stay in attack mode on the front four and then, you know, maybe play with a spy if you're worried about him breaking contain. I think Eugene Asante can chase down dart a lot more easily than he could Jaden Daniels mm. out of the pocket right and so what that means is if you're attacking up front and you've got a spy if he tries to break out you got somebody who can run him down now that does mean that you're you're essentially committing five on every play and you've got to figure out what you're going to do on the back end but I'd much rather have that and you make Jackson Dart feel it than him sit back there and have a bunch of time to pick you apart because he's got too many options out there with the way that they scheme that stuff up do you think that Ron Roberts is still going to be is still going to be stop Judkins first and then make Dar beat you? I think you have to. I don't think. I mean, despite the fact that Judkins has not had a repeat of last season as far as his productivity, I don't think. I think that Lane Kiffin offense functions on their ability to at least threaten you with the run, and you can't get into a a game where you're like, all right, we're just going to stop the pass because mm-hmm. Judkins is still who he is. Yeah. Let's forget. I mean. Let, same thing. You could say the same thing for Jarquez Hunter, right? Like you could pretend, ah, oh man, he's not the same back that he was. All right, take your eye off of him and yeah, let him get loose, sure. and, and he'll he'll remind you who he is. Judkins is that kind of guy where it's like, ah, right, if you just if we want to pretend like he's not still that same athlete, then that, I think I think that's a bad strategy. So I do think that they need to keep the run game under wraps because you know possession time of possession is going to be coveted in this game for Auburn at least. Lane Kiffin doesn't give a crap about time of possession. Yeah. Auburn needs time of possession to go in their favor in a big way in this game in my opinion in order to be able to win and if they're going to break you down running the ball over and over again you're going to lose that battle because it's just going to wear you out. You're going to get worn out. Guys, I just found out a little bit ago um and when I had Tyler on and everything, he was telling me that Jordan Watkins uh, had a had a bad hand injury, mm-hmm. and uh, he's he's been taken off, uh, taken on and off a soft cast. And he said that, yeah, he's our leading receiver. We do have other playmakers. He was like, but uh, he's gonna try to give it a go. He was like, I'm leaning towards that way, but I don't know how long that that will last. Because he was like, it was a significant hand injury from what I was told. So uh, I think that could be a big blow for the Ole Miss offense. And the interview that you're alluding to will uh, drop Saturday morning. That's with uh, Tyler, the Ole Miss beat writer, correct? Yeah. 
All right, 1040. So be on the lookout for that, guys. Uh, Saturday morning, uh, Blake talking to our guy, Tyler. So uh, let's see. Uh, over here on the offense, Ike, like you just alluded to, time of possession. Man, and I think that that was like – I know uh, Hugh Freeze mentioned it. That was kind of the game plan versus LSU. Kind of mm-hmm. everyone knew going into the game. All right, man, we, we got to control the clock a little bit and keep them off the field. Um, and then we know that Monday, Hugh said, not any kind of major personnel changes. I don't know necessarily if that's coach speak. Right. So far, I have no reason to believe that it is. He's been pretty upfront and honest in these press conferences. I know that y'all talked about that a ton over at the War Report. Yeah. But um, just, I mean, what does Auburn have to do to get – because I'll tell you one of my problems, guys, is that it seems like every week it's a different guy. It's Petit or Austin or, I mean, like one week, I think Peyton Thorne led the team. Like, it's always something different. And mm-hmm. I know that we have got last week, Jeremiah Cobb led. If you'd have told me that before the season, I would have said, this is kind of concerning. Not because we don't have four capable guys. And I know that the Demar is hurt right now. But, man, like, I, do you think we need to get somebody established? You just you just talked about Jarquez. Is mm-hmm. it time to let 27 eat, man? Let one uh- of these guys get in a rhythm? I mean, I think the big thing for this offense is is going to be – I mean, I just don't think that we've been consistently doing anything enough for anybody to get in the rhythm, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't I, I don't have as much a problem with shuffling running backs unless that running back does better the more you feed him, right? Jarquez Hunter, you know, in limited snaps was doing really well last year. I don't think he's a back that you have to feed a bunch in order for him to get into a rhythm. I don't know what the actual issue is with Jarquez Hunter this year. I know he's been battling injuries with his ankles, feet, something in that uh, area. So that's that's limited some of his explosiveness. Um, But I do think that we've got to find some sort of rhythm on offense just in general. Like, again, I, I don't know if that's feeding a particular running back or what it's going to be. But the whole <laughs> offense just needs an overhaul, bro. Like, we just got to figure something out. Like, it, is somebody. It, somebody eat, please. Is it is it Peyton Thorne not starting? Is it is it Robbie Ashford? I mean. I don't know, man. I, I, I've said this multiple times on our show. I will repeat it here. If you're going – if Peyton Thorne is going to throw the ball less than 20 times in a game, then – there's no reason why Robbie Ashford can't be the starting quarterback because the big thing everybody keeps saying is Robbie can't throw. Robbie can't throw. If he's only going to throw the ball 20 times in the game, that's fine. If you're going to run the quarterback in some sort of read option situation, let Robbie be the guy that does that. Like there's no reason why he can't do that. So I don't, I'm not saying that Robbie is the answer. I'm saying, I think that the game plans that we've deployed so far in the season are more suited for Robbie's talents. If you're going to throw the ball a bunch, then I don't know because I haven't seen Robbie throw the ball a bunch this season to know whether or not he can do that. If you're more confident in Peyton Thorne throwing the football, throw the freaking football. Like I, I mean, if if it comes down to his ability to read defenses better and make more accurate passes, throw the ball. But you're not doing that. You're barely throwing the ball, and you're asking your quarterback to run. That sounds like Robbie Ashford to me. I, I can I ask you this real quick, man. I, I, I it's just it's been I don't know. It, do you feel like Robbie gets the same opportunity? No. Yep. Not even remotely. It, if Robbie got the same opportunities, then 
there's no reason why Robbie's driving the ball on a particular drive and they pull him out of the game because it's third and more than six, yeah. right? If he's let him run the freaking offense, man, if you're going to put him out there, let him run the offense. I don't, there's, there's you, Peyton Thorne has not played well enough to trust him in third and long more than Robbie yet. He just hasn't like, there's nothing about what he's done this season to say to you, I can't trust Robbie to make the right decision here on third and long. What is he? What has he done this year? He's had one throw the entire season where he put yeah. the ball in harm's way. Now he hadn't thrown the ball a ton, but he has. He's had one throw I can look at and say, Yo, "What were you doing on this one, bro?" Yep. I can say that a bunch about the other guy though. It's a fact. And so, and again, I get it. He's th- he's had more opportunities, but. My, my point again is if you're going to get similar results from both of them throwing the football, mm-hmm. put the football in the hands of the more athletic one so that you at least get better results from the run. Because Peyton Thorne's run the ball decently. He has not been bad as a runner. But I don't know a person in America that would tell me with a straight face he's as good running the football as Robbie Ashford is. If you're telling me that, then you are smoking Ole Miss dope. Like, I don't know what you're doing out here with your life. And this this ridiculous thought process that, well, defenses are going to play. The reason why Peyton gets the opportunities to run the ball and he's been effective is because defenses are going to play him differently. Nobody's scared of Peyton Thorne throwing the football. Mm. Let me repeat that to you so you can understand and go turn on tape and tell me I'm lying. Nobody is scared of Peyton Thorne throwing the football. They're just not. So if you believe that he's getting this because people are just, well, they, they, he's sneaking up on them. Show me tape where Robbie Ashford has been ineffective as a runner when they're not running this stupid QB sweep. Like that's really the only play where he's been ineffective, where mm-hmm. it's just like they snap the ball to him and he just takes off running around the end and they you can't out leverage the guys. And that's really more on blocking because you would never run that with Peyton Thorne because he's not fast enough to run that. Mm-hmm. So just let's just scrap that play call for the most part when we're playing defenses that have a pulse. But it's I, it's anyway, this is a very long winded way of saying no, absolutely not. Robbie has not had the same <laughs> opportunities. Yeah. That's not even close. What do you make of the starting of, I wouldn't say the starting, well, the starting of Caleb Burton, but then starting Caleb Burton, using him early, using Cam Brown early, and then going back to more of the personnel groups that you saw shortly after that into the game and getting the same results. Uh, This is, um, it's, it's it's a very similar thing to the Robbie Ashford situation in which, they roll out packages, right? Like, and this is kind of like the thing that I dislike the most about Gus Malzahn is you telegraph stuff by the packages you're throwing mm-hmm. in there. Yeah. And Caleb Burton and Coy Moore, I believe, was the other receiver that's in there, are typically going to be in there. As, if the way that they've rolled it out in that one game in, in LSU, but you can go back and you can look at the snap counts of when it happened primarily. They were in there when there were only two. It was a two receiver set, right? So Mm -hmm. if there are only going to be two receivers on the field, they were having Caleb Burton and Coy Moore out there. Um, When they went to three receiver sets, that's when they were going to Cam Brown on the outside, Jay Fair in the slot, 
and then rotating who that third person was on the other side. Typically, it was going to be Shane Hooks, right? The the part that doesn't make sense to I I understand Jay Fair is your best slot receiver. So if you're going to the three receiver set, you want Jay Fair to be out there. Uh, and you're, we're not running four receiver sets, so Kayla Burton's not going to get opportunities to be out there on the field with him. So unless you're going to throw the ball to Jay, Ford, Jay Fair three, four times in a row and he needs a breather, then there's no opportunity for Caleb to come in and get that slot rep in the three receiver set. Makes sense. I got it. If you're going to two receiver, okay, that's when we'll pull Jay off the field. We've got a package and some plays in there for you. I get that one. The one that does not make sense to me is Cam Brown because – Cam Brown's an outside guy. You could play right. him in the two receiver set. You could play him in the three receiver set. Doesn't really matter. You could play him in either of those scenarios. And if you go to a three receiver set that doesn't include a guy who came down with two catches for you back to back <laughs> and you never go back to him again, I'm like, what are we doing? Why not? If you're having issues with throwing 50-50 balls to the outside, can Cam Brown catch 50-50 ball? I think so. He's a big, tall, strong receiver. Why not? I'm not in practice. I don't know. Maybe he's not as good at catching the field. I, I personally don't think we should throw a bunch of 50-50s. But unless we're in the red zone, I just don't think that you should be doing that a ton because we haven't been very good at it. They're called 50-50 balls for a reason. Yep. So it's not a very high percentage throw. You either have to have <laughs> Keon Coleman out there or you should throw the ball somewhere else. Nine times out of ten. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I don't really understand what we're doing strategically with our rotations really at any position. I mean, really offensively, I, I don't think I understand what strategically we're doing with our player rotations at any of the positions on offense. None of them. Yeah. Blake's been pretty vocal. He thinks it's just straight up. It's a, a class of philosophies between your OC and your head coach. First time your head coach has ever given up the offense or, or this much control of it anyway, right? He's mentioned he's struggling with it. We've played the clips here, so yeah. it uh it ain't working. I is there anything I, we can do to to make it work? Because because here's the thing, like you come out of the bye week and you're like, okay, man, maybe something. And not only are you coming out the bye week, but you're coming out of you're hopeful. I mean, I was I was pumping sunshine after the us uh, twenty seven to twenty loss versus the number one Georgia team, yeah. and I'm saying, all right, we got a bye week. Worst defense in the SEC, and we're just like, I mean, you said that. Like, if we can't score on this defense, who in the hell are we scoring on? Cal's defense sucks, by the way. I mean, it's a fact. We yeah, threw for 100 yards. Threw for 100 yards. Hey, improving, baby. Improving. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need you pay Thompson a reclassifier right now. Uh, all right, man. So let's get over here. Auburn wins, Auburn loses. Blake. Auburn, there's a lot of ways we could could lose. So we'll start. Let's, let's, <laughs> there's a bunch of ways we could get into that one. But Auburn wins Saturday night, man. A much. It's been a month since we won Blake Lane. A month. Yep. How does it happen? What do we got to do, man? I think you got to force at least two turnovers. You got to force uh, Jackson Dart into two of them. Uh, and I think Jarquez has to go for 100. Or or Batie or Batie. I, I think you got to have a back, uh, have a have a big time night. And uh, man, I, I think I think the biggest thing though is is you got to force Jackson Dart to turn it over a couple times uh, because if he don't and they he keeps playing at the rate he's playing at, man, 
you're probably going to see the same thing that happened in Baton Rouge, in my opinion. And and I know Jordan Hare Stadium. Uh, I I told Tyler this earlier. You can get on me all you want to. And I know Jordan Hare is is uh, an elite atmosphere. Uh, but at the end of the day, man, it's it's what goes down on that field. And uh, our offense cannot have another performance like they had in Baton Rouge. I don't I don't understand why we're taking so long to to run the football in Baton Rouge. Like I don't get it. I don't understand it. I I don't know. It's not against the rules, and Auburn's built the entire football program off of running the football. It's, it's, it's literally what we do. All right, how can we pull this one out, man? Yeah, I mean, I think turnovers is going to be a big part of it. Um, and then it's uh, – I said this earlier, but I think it's time of possession. I think that you have to win time of possession by – at minimum, you need to have the ball like 35 minutes of this game. Right. Mm. I, I think that if Ole Miss possesses the ball for 25 minutes or more, you're you're sunk just because, again, I don't believe in our offense yet. They've given me nothing to believe in and hear me fans out there. And if there are players who hear this or whatever, hear me say that it's not because I don't think we're talented. It's because I've watched them play. And there has been nothing that's shown me, oh, this team can move the football consistently. Be a drive here, couple plays here, but until you're able to consistently against, again, bad defenses. We're not even talking about, like, forget how much talent these defenses. Everybody's been running through LSU like freaking wet tissue, and we go out to Baton Rouge and act like they're freaking world beaters. The Tampa Bay Bucks freaking championship defense out there like freaking steel curtain <laughs> we can't do anything against them it yeah. makes absolute now listen I, I i get it man i get it Dif- difficult environment they came out sluggish all that kind of stuff and man bro but it's still lsu's defense is terrible like no they didn't get better stop yeah. lsu fans thinking oh man our defense fine no your defense didn't wake up y'all are still bad Auburn's just worse. And that's that it that hurts me to say that we are so we are in the space right now with Mississippi State, Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. and South Carolina right yep. now. Like that's where we are right now. <laughs> Arkansas. Yeah. We're down there. I don't know if we're gonna beat Vanderbilt, Ike. Listen, not with this offense, I don't know how we do beat Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt's a feisty team, and they're playing at home that game. You're, they're going to have to show me some – they're going to have to show me a pulse on offense, and you're going to have to do it on the road. You've done nothing on the road offense. Jesus, yeah. Uh, guys, Auburn wins if they get their shit together. And here's what I mean. You can – I'm going to stay away from the X's and O's because Ike, you've done a great job talking about it. Me and Blake have gone – we've probably spent three hours the past week talking about quarterback. I'm not going to keep saying the same thing over and over. I'll say this, man. I've seen stuff about players getting in fights. We've seen stuff about these coaches not getting along. We're six games into this thing. And quite frankly, guys, I'm tired of it. I'm tired of hearing about it. I'm tired – man, this ain't what we grew up on. It just, it just ain't. And I know this is a new generation, and I know that these kids are built differently these days, and I'm not even attacking them. I'm not. 
because I'm talking about the coaches too. But everything going on, whatever it is, it needs to stop. You still got half a season to go. And this idea that is in this modern day of college football, that bowl games don't mean anything, that once you're out of the running for an SEC title or once you're out of the running for uh, the playoffs, you mail it in and, oh, well, I'll just – I'll sit out and I'll hit the portal because I don't want to waste a year of eligibility and all this kind of stuff. And these coaches are already talking to guys they know looking for their next job and this, that, and the other. And we had a D-line coach a couple of years ago. I won't mention his name, but you know who I'm talking about. He, he's done coach for half the country, man. Every year this dude's on a new team coaching new defensive line. I just – What's the deal here? You're three and three coming into the season. You knew this was going to be a tough three game stretch. We all said, hey, if you don't get that AM game, which is a big possibility, you could be sitting here at three and three. Yeah. Yep. But for some reason, it doesn't feel the way I thought it was going to feel at the three. It, it feels like it's do or die for this team Saturday night in more than one way. And I'm struggling to understand that. Why? You know, I. I Everyone talked a whole lot of stuff the day Kobe died, but I don't think anybody really – not, not I, mean, I think a lot of people didn't take in the lessons that Kobe tried to – they didn't know Mamba mentality going on in Auburn, Alabama right now. There may be some guys – Marcus Harris got it, right? There's some guys that got it, but there's a whole lot of guys that don't. Yeah. And I fail to understand that. I don't get it. You have an opportunity that a lot of kids – man, I got – I. Probably half a dozen kids DM me over the past seven days from Pensacola. Hey, man, can you tweet out my highlights? Mm-hmm. And I look at the highlights, and I'm not saying that they're D1 kids, but they should be playing ball somewhere, West Florida, North Alabama, something. They can't even get a look because it's hard, man. And you got the opportunity to play D1 football Saturday night versus Ole Miss, and I got to worry about you bringing the juice? You didn't bring the juice in Death Valley? If you play four years at Auburn, now with a new schedule coming in, you might get one opportunity your entire life to play Saturday night in Death Valley, and that's how you chose to participate in it. You can't make it make sense to me. And I was 19, 20 years old too, but not bringing the juice. You can't make it make sense to me. You can't. How does Auburn win? Act like a competitor. Act like a damn football team. I don't know if you got to watch Friday Night Lights and, and get Booby Miles to get you fired up. I don't even know if you need to watch Remember the Titans and get Petey Jones to get you fired up. I don't know what it is you got to do to understand teamwork and karate. I don't care if you got to dig up the corny Rudy movie. <laughs> I don't I don't know what it is, bro. But the, the Vince Papali, Mark Wahlberg, whatever you got to do to understand teamwork, dude, you got to do it. I heard all this crap during the fireside, Ike, about do your 111. Mm-hmm. I see a whole bunch of ones. Mm. I see a whole bunch of ones. I don't see no 11. And then I hear all this stuff this week. Brother, this means something to us, okay? We need this game. Yep. No Auburn fan wants Lane Kiffin to shoot off that smart-ass text after this game. I'm begging the people that are going to put on the helmet Saturday night to understand what that AU means and to play for something, man. Please play for us Saturday night, bro. Please. Please. Good stuff. I'm with you, man. I mean, come on, bro. You get one opportunity. You're going to be 20 years old one time. This is the one time you're going to play Ole Miss and Jordan Hare. Let's go. Let's go. I Real quick, man, I wanted to ask you two more questions. Um, one about football, and then I know we won't get off on the basketball, but I know you were at media days. Just want to kind of get your overall thoughts real quick on, on BP. But you watch a lot of film, man. 
and I don't want to pick on a kid, but you know, me and you talked a lot during the summer. You know I'm real high on Connor Lou. How close are we to being Connor Lou time? Ooh, good question. Because and 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 he was my and this is my man. It's because yeah, people I say I don't criticize the players that I like. That's just not a true statement. You clearly have not watched film with me if you think I don't criticize players that I like. But Avery Jones has not played well this season, man. He hasn't. No. Um, I don't know that you turn the keys over at center to a true freshman. Uh, but Avery Jones a couple high snaps away from <laughs> from coming and sitting on the bench next to Coach Thornton. Like, hey man, look, it's thank you for your service, sir. But like I just I don't know what to do in that scenario. They've got to figure something out along that offensive line. Um it hasn't looked great for Isaiah Miller. Right. Mm -hmm. And so Connor Lou's another interior guy. So if you want to keep the veteran leadership there at center, then let's kick, uh, you know, uh, brain fart right now. The kid from Western Kentucky that transferred in. Let's kick Gunner Britton back out there to the tackle spot. And, you know, whether that's going to be a Connor Lou or a Jeremiah Wright back in there at the guard, we got to do something. You know, Cam Stutz has been probably the more consistent guy up there, so you're not going to move him out of that spot. So the only two spots where Connor Luke could come in is going to be center or the opposite guard. He's not going to play tackle. He doesn't have that kind of uh, pass blocking or pass setting ability. Uh, so, yeah, we, uh, again, I don't, I, I've never spoken with the kid, Isaiah Miller. I don't know what, but I feel like you got to keep Britton back out there to the guard and then you got to make a decision about what you want to do. Excuse me, to the tackle and you got to make a decision what you want to do guard center there. And everybody said Connor Lou looks like a man child out there. He can, you know, he looks like he's, let's see it. Let's see it. Yeah. Isn't Muskrat uh, competing with Miller? Muskrat, yeah. Muskrat got some snaps in the LSU game against Miller after the back-to-back Harold Perkins uh, pressures on Robbie Ashford. Muskrat got his opportunity to go out there uh, and he's a talented guy out there as well. Um, so, I mean, we'll see. But Con- Connor Lou is somebody who I've been kind of waiting to see what he was going to look like in in some of these situations. We're getting to see Keldrick Falk, right? We're getting to see yeah. that man-child emerge. And he's, he's listen, you you can think I'm, I'm hyping somebody up just because they're in the Auburn uniform all you want to. Keldrick Falk is going to be a dude. Yeah. He's going to be a dude like he's he's not out there getting pushed around in the meat of SEC play. He's going to be a dude. I think we might have a couple more sitting around on the bench that haven't gotten an opportunity yet. So, yeah, I think Colin Lou might be one of them. Yeah, Kelder's going to start on Sundays. Um, and so, like I said, you were at SEC Media Days, and I know you guys are going to have a ton of content uh, coming out on the War Report soon, coming up from all that. Just your overall thoughts on this basketball team, Mike, and what you heard from BP. Uh, you know, Coach Pearl is very adamant, and the players believe it too, that they are ten deep this year. Uh, he could he could go and do a whole kind of shift change like it's hockey out there. Take five off and put another five on there, and there's not going to be a drop off in our ability. He's 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 been very clear in that that he thinks one through at least nine, but ten potentially, they could just switch them out. Right. Like, I think there's a little fluff when you think about the drop off offensively between Janai and Dylan, um, because Dylan is not Janai offensively. But to his point, Dylan is still an SEC caliber athlete. Athletically, he still is. And, and it's defensively effort. He's going to rebound really well. He's going to, you know, protect the rim really well. Uh, but that's a good sign. 
because last year, particularly when you got into that four or five spot for Auburn, it just it wasn't there, right? Like mm-hmm. really three, four, five. We had we're, we were guard heavy last year, and those guards were inconsistent shooting the basketball. You're not going to have that problem this year. Trey Donaldson proved to me at the end of the season last year he could shoot. Everybody says Aiden Holloway shoots the laces off the daggone basketball. Mm-hmm. I've watched Denver Jones at FIU fill it up, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, and you know if KD Johnson is playing under control. He can he can give you 30. Right. So you you got four really good scoring guards where where I wonder about it is defensively. Right. Like, I don't know what Aiden Holloway is defensively. Um, Trey's going to be a tenacious defender. Denver, I'm not sure about KD inconsistent as far as his on the ball defense. Uh, So I wonder about that a little bit. But I'm excited about the fact that three through five in the lineup right now, you've got. More because when Jay Will went out of the game last year, you just felt like, yeah, who's playing four for this team? Like yep. you just you don't know what you're going to do. And then you had those stretches of the uh, where Janai was hurt, and then uh, Dylan was hurt, and then Chris Moore went down. Right, and you're just like, yo, we don't we don't have that Tennessee. Yeah, yeah, we have yep. we literally have nobody to play in the post right now. So that's not the case this season so barring injury i'm very excited about the fact that we should be able to play basketball bruce pearl style for the vast majority of basketball games and i'm looking forward to seeing that again yes sir blake you got anything for i before we get out of here uh man if you could just uh just give me a score prediction oh goodness i just i this i this team's so unpredictable i just i don't I don't know what to think because if you asked me to give you a score prediction for the Georgia game, I'd have been way off. If you asked me to give you a score prediction for the LSU game, way off. Um, back at home, may, I don't know, man. Like, I'm gonna give you the book route, and I'm gonna. I, I still, I think we lose regardless. I don't think that we win this football game um, just because I don't see an offense that's gonna be able to outscore Ole Miss. Ole Miss is just too good offensively, despite how good I think our defense is. But I think that we can make this close. I'm going to go 17 to 23 Ole Miss. Mm. Mm. Okay. 17 to 23. I hate it. I hate even saying that. I know. Because there's there's not a universe in which I wish anything good upon anybody wearing that ugly teal and red stuff Mm. that they got going on over there. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I know. Well, me and Blake are about to hop over here and make our picks. And mine's you're booking more than I. It's not any fun. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's, 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 it's not any fun. I appreciate yeah. you uh, hopping on here with this man. Holler at me this weekend, buddy. Yes, sir. I'll holler at y'all. All right, guys. I Jones on the War Report. If you're not subscribed over there, what are you doing? Go check them out. All right, Blake, let's go over here and hop into our picks. I uh, have our record from last week somewhere, but while I'll do, while I search for that, I will pop up this marquee primetime game of Mississippi State and Arkansas, and you tell the people why you were picking the Razorbacks. Maybe they're gonna get off the snide, Blake. Yeah, man, uh, getting off the snide against the Mississippi State Bulldogs. Um, look, I- I'm gonna take KJ Jefferson in this one. I'm not high on KJ Jefferson, um, but. I think 
Arkansas runs the football, and I think K.J. Jefferson uh, has enough with his arm to get the job done against Mississippi State. I'm just not a believer in Mississippi State's offense. I don't think they can move the football. Uh, and and I think Arkansas might have a little confidence out of after that Tuscaloosa performance, them making that game close. Uh, I'm not sure if they get Rocket Sanders back or not, but I still like Arkansas to to pound the football. KJ makes enough uh, makes enough plays with his arms, and Arkansas wins the game. Yeah, I agree with everything you said. And it being um, Arkansas being at home, and they still have lost a bunch of close games. Like it's, um, yeah. I'm not saying they're a good team, but it's not like you're not looking at Arkansas going, how are they going to score points, or or any, or how are they going to stop anybody? You know, like there's paths for them to win the football game. I think that the, I think they score, they just score too many points for Mississippi State to keep up with. Man, I, mm-hmm. I've told you before the season, I just thought this almost, or this Mississippi State offense was going to be a disaster. And outside of playing whatever in the world South Carolina has filled it on defense over there, Mississippi State has struggled um, on offense, man. So No, Mississippi State is relevant, Dustin. Remember they told me they were relevant, all right? They told me that they were relevant. And next week? Yeah. You want we'll Auburn to show up this week, all right? I want them to show <laughs> up this week too. But next week, I want that ass. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, me and Blake have been poking the state of Mississippi this year. It's not a real state. It's not a real state. All right? It's not real. It's not real. You can't even drink your water, all right? It's terrible. Oh, good. Yeah, that is. You ain't lying about that. Um, A lot of the Ole Miss fans have been showing me pictures of their baseball national championship and saying, well, you've never seen your team do this. I'll give you that. It's football season. But I'll give you that because we're big baseball guys here. I would simply say – that I didn't see you in Hoover last year. And, man, what are you if you're winning the national title and then the next year you don't qualify for a 12-team tournament? I mean, mm-hmm. you must be Ole Miss Athletics. All we right, should. Get... <laughs> yeah, yeah. We the piss out of you. Yeah, yeah, we really did. Appreciate it. It was a good time. <laughs> Uh, UT at Bama. This was pretty simple for me, Blake. It's Alabama all the way. Uh, they're just, I, I don't see any way that Jalen Milrow is going to go in there and score enough points to, or not, uh, to win. Uh, Milton, excuse me, Joe, Joe Milton, excuse me. Yeah, two, two, two mid quarterbacks there. I got to confuse. Apologies, <laughs> but Bama's done a good job of building around Milrow. They win this game at home. Yeah, uh, that, that's my biggest thing is I think Tennessee's bread and butter, uh, bread and butter is running the football, right? And uh, the way this Alabama front has been playing the last couple weeks, I don't see that happening for Tennessee this year. And I think Alabama wants to get a little lick back from from what happened last year, right? And Mm, I'm just not sure Joe Milton – I'm not sure he's going to go into Bryant-Denny and light it up, Dustin. I'm with you on this. I, I like Alabama. Um, low scoring game though. I think uh, yeah. I think I heard B will say like the over uh was like forty eight on the over yeah. under. Uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I'm not a betting guy, but take the under there. Uh, USC University of South Carolina, not the Trojans. We're SEC over here. They are going to Missouri. Uh, Blake, you're picking Mizzou. <laughs> yeah, man, that South Carolina defense. <laughs> I will never ever trust us. No, no. Not happening, man. Missouri. Missouri. Did you hear about the uh, 
There was a big hit though in South Carolina this week. That Gatorade, that Gatorade, yeah, game, man. boy, it got Shane Beamer good. That was a it'll game. break you. It'll break you. All right. <laughs> hey, hey, and then he said, and then he said, well, it wasn't like I went into the locker room and I was on a tirade and and I would just started kicking stuff. Man, hey, look, cow. All right, you're lying. You're yeah. lying. All right, stop. Yeah, no, we we've we've seen how you act, dude. We know. We know. All right. Uh, getting to, to the one that ever – and uh, we're both taking LSU over Army. I'm not putting that one up. But go, Army. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Uh, Ole Miss is coming to Auburn. We're both picking Ole Miss here. I hate this because, God, dude, for like four months, I said Auburn was going to lose to A&M most likely and then lose the next two games after that, get to three and three. And then I said we would come home versus Ole Miss. And I said, Blake, in July, I said we'd get him at night. I said at 6 o'clock kick, you can go pull the clip. And everything's played out the way I said it was going to play, and now I can't pick us. And if we were just okay, Blake, if we were just decent, I would pick us to win this game in this atmosphere at night. But I just think Ole Miss is a walking 30 points. I don't see a world where Ole Miss doesn't score 30 points. And – Elon Musk can build all the rockets in the world. I'm never going to land on the universe where we score 30. I, I just don't. I, I don't see it, man. Um, we've won the we've won the turnovers, man. I can go down the list of times we've won the turnover margining in this losing streak. That's a fact. It, it, it doesn't help us. Uh, we just it might help us score. You know, go back to the Cal game and okay, you know, it, we might be able to find a touchdown out of it. the Georgia game. We get some points off of turnovers there, but that's all it's really going to help you do because. Uh, other than that, you're not going to score. We're not going to drive 80 yards to score. And if we do, that's your one. Blake, I'm petrified of what the first drive is going to be. I've got no idea what they're going to draw up for the first drive. I just know it's going to be really, really bad based off of what I've seen. Putrid. I mean, <laughs> it's been bad. Yeah. Bad. Um, look, Dustin, I, I'm in the same boat with you. There's no way that I can pick Auburn – to win this football game the way our offense has looked. And granted, you can sit here and say that, oh, Ole Miss's defense, uh, you know, it's not good. Well, guess what? They're 40 slots higher nationally than LSU's was. Mm. All right? LSU was at like 122. Yeah. Well, guess what? Ole Miss, they're 82nd. All right? So where are we at? All right? You you could only muster 18 points against LSU. So now you're at home and and you think uh, you want me to think that you can do this against a much improved Ole Miss defense. All right, a much improved Ole Miss, a Pete Golding Ole Miss defense. They're better than what they were last year. Don't get it twisted. They got some dudes over there. They got a true freshman over there. All right, at linebacker, they got some cats. They're better than what they were last year. Don't get it twisted. I agree with your point. They're a walking 30-burger, all right? They're putting up 30, especially the way Jackson Dart is playing. I don't care how good our defense is. He can kill you with his legs. He can kill you with his arm. He's not turning it over the way he was last year. Not happening. So what can I look at and say, oh, well, Auburn can win this football game? The only way you're winning the football game, Dustin, is if uh, number nine steps out on the field. That's it. 
And I'm talking about the full 60 minutes. And I don't want to hear a damn word about Robbie uh, holds the offense back, like Ike said earlier. The, the defense keys in on the run when Robbie's in the game. People, Ike just told you a minute ago, they key in on the run on Peyton Thorne, too, because guess what? They don't believe he can throw the ball down the field to beat them. Right. Because he hasn't been good. And it's time, if we're going to go down, I want to go down with a guy that bleeds orange and blue. Yeah. All right? I, Dustin, you know I sat on that Peyton Thorne train. I said, hey, he's going to start. He's going to continue to be the quarterback. And then I told you guys, I said, hey, they're just not going to take him out. We're to the point where they're not going to take him out. It's going to have to come crumbling down for them to take him out. And and we're to that point. I think we're we're past that point. It crumbled it, down last Saturday night. It crumbled down last Saturday night. You damn right it did. And and I think we're I think we're to that point where if we're gonna lose, I want to lose with somebody that bleeds orange and blue and that would give his right arm to play in that Auburn uniform. And don't question it. A lot of you dudes on the internet, all right, y'all want to get on there and call Robbie ass and cheeks and all this, all right? He would die for Auburn. You hear me? He would, okay? He would give anything for Auburn. Watch when he crosses the goal line. Watch it, watch it, watch it. He loves Auburn, bro. He would do anything to never leave that orange and blue. I truly believe that, bro. I And that's who I want to go down with. That's who I want to go down. I want to go down with somebody that is a dog. And, and I don't care if he's throwing for 52% completion percentage or whatever. You ain't winning with number one in there. Period. Ain't happening. We've seen too much. Period. That's it. Tell you, tell you what, Robbie Ashford is not going to do on fourth and five. He's not going to run out of bounds short of the uh, short of the sticks, Blake. Right. Fact. Don't even get me started on that. Fact. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you got a score prediction? <sighs> Man, God, I hate doing this, dude. I know. Uh, dang. Um. 31-17 Ole Miss. Yeah, it's exact same thing I got. I'm going 31-17 Ole Miss. Um, I hate it. I was, I wanted it so bad to come on here this week and just talk a whole bunch of trash and pick Auburn to win. And uh, that's kind of why I got fired up early in the episode, man, because I'm tired of this, you know. I'm, t- I'm tired of it, bro. I'm tired of coming on here and, and not even having any faith in the team and, and, it, and it not being fun. My brother deleted Twitter this week because he was just like, I don't care about losing. I'm just tired of there not being hope. Yep. I'm just tired of it always being negative and always knowing we're going to get drilled. Yep. And, uh, yeah, like I said, I'm just begging Auburn to change that. I'm going 31-17 to 17 on Miss. If there is a way we win, it's turnovers, and it's a team playing with some fight. It's a team playing with his passion, some passion. And uh, I'm not even going to sit here and, t- and ask the fans, hey, man, bring, I know we are. I know we're going to bring yeah. it. I know the fans are going to give it everything they got. So, you know, show up, show out, be loud. Uh, we appreciate everybody for rocking with us, man. Like the video, subscribe to the channel if you have not. Blake, I know that uh, Saturday morning you will have an episode dropping. Uh, talk about that real quick before we get out of here. Yeah, man. Uh, Tyler, uh, Tyler, come on from Inside the Rebels. 
uh, over at 247 Sports. Uh, it was just kind of a thrown together thing. Like we tried to get Dustin on there. Uh, he texted me today and was like, hey, this is the earliest I could do it. Uh, I mean, the latest I could do it. And uh, so as soon as I got home, we, we knocked it out. Um, and I tell you what, he's excited to be in Jordan Hare Stadium. He wants an electric atmosphere, Dustin. Um, he also believes that the Auburn offense uh, will keep them from winning this football game. Um, he's high on Auburn's defense, very high on Auburn's defense. But he believes Auburn's offense cannot keep up with Ole Miss. And Jackson Dart, like I said, has been playing in, at an elite level. All right. He was a great guest. Um, obviously, we talk a lot about Ole Miss. But he's going to tell you guys to key in on. He's going to tell you guys who to look out for. Um, he's going to, like I told you earlier, they have a receiver, their leading receiver. Uh, he's been wearing a soft cast on and off, uh, been dealing with a hand injury. Hmm. Tyler said, I think he might try to play. He's like, but I don't know. That could be a big deal. We'll, we'll have to find out Saturday night. Uh, but heck of a guess, man. Brought it. Uh, he, he did say that he wants to come back on for baseball season. Uh, he covers Ole Miss baseball, so, uh, you know, I can't wait for that. Yes, sir. So be on the lookout for that, guys. That'll drop Saturday morning. A uh, little nice little preview before the game. There's no point watching college game day anymore, so check that mm-hmm. out. <laughs> we're almost at uh, we're almost at 1,100 subs. We're right there a couple subs away from 1,100. So, hey, man, if you have not subs to the channel, please do that. Like, again, man, cannot thank you guys enough for supporting us. Uh, if you see me. In Auburn, holler at me. Uh, Friday night for our members, I will be at the Auburn-Phoenix City game getting content. I'll be at the baseball scrimmage Friday getting content. So tons of stuff coming out for our JV, tons of stuff coming out for our varsity. Like I said, man, if you see me on the planes this weekend, don't be scared to walk up and say hello. We're out. We will be back. And uh, like I said, chop on Saturday. We'll see you guys for our recap Sunday. War damn eagle, baby. War damn eagle.